Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone. This is Brett Ridgway, and I want to welcome you to another edition of the Spotlight on Speaking show, where each week I will be talking with a speaking industry pro, asking them to share what they feel their keys to success have been over their career, as well as ask them to bear their soul a little bit and, and share some of the mistakes that they've made along the way that you should definitely avoid. So I'm really excited about this episode's guest because Wendy Lipton and Dipper and I go back about probably 10 years or so. And I met Wendy at a Author 101 University event, I believe. And we were introduced by Audrey Hagen, if memory serves me correctly. And Wendy has turned into a great collaboration partner, a big supporter of mine. And I just, I hold her in the highest regard. She's written the foreword for my new book, How to Build a Profitable Speaking Business, which will be a Morgan James publication in 2023. But Wendy Lipton Dinder is a five-time best-selling author herself, a serial entrepreneur, and an internationally recognized authority on business acceleration through effective impact. She's built 11 businesses of her own and conducted more than 1,000 speaking engagements worldwide, helping corporate, healthcare, small business, and nonprofit organizations increase revenues as the direct result of making a measurable difference in people's lives. Wendy has served more than 2 million entrepreneurs through her online trainings and live events and has even presented at the United States Senate. Forbes calls Wendy's strategies the secret to success in business, and Inc. Magazine described her formulas as your path to profitable success. Wendy Lipton-Dibner, welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Brett, I'm so excited for you. I can't stand myself. I mean, what you're doing here, this is this is what you should have been doing all along. This is, this is, this is you doing what you do best, which is creating your own stuff and at the same time, getting to know other people and sending them out into the world. So I couldn't be happier. Well, I appreciate that so much, Wendy. And it definitely is a, a great new adventure for me. And I'm just happy that you're willing to share some of your expertise along the way here to help those aspiring speakers out there get off on the right foot or build a stronger speaking business for themselves. So, oh, yeah. So let's dive right into it, Wendy. So you've been at this game for quite a long time. I know you've done corporate speaking gigs and sell from the platform gigs and all that stuff. So how did you even get started in the speaking industry in the first place? What was the impetus for you? You know, you and I never actually talked about this, but I I started speaking in high school. Um, it, yeah. So so I had a fantastic economics 
teacher in high school that everybody was bored to tears and I loved it. And I started talking about what I was learning in the community about economics and about business. And then I was singing. I was a singer and I was doing coffee houses and stuff. And I would practice my stage speaking in between each song. So I've been speaking since a long time. Let's not count the years. So who who was your audience, Wendy, when you were doing the economics presentations? I mean, who were you? Okay, well, so so this guy was was amazing. So this this teacher uh, gave us a semester long project where we were assigned three businesses in the community that we had to follow and learn about and discover what they were doing to build their economic success. And so every single week I would go to these three businesses and I would watch them and I would talk with them. And I started to learn stuff about business that I obviously never knew. And I was fascinated by it. Really cool stuff. All right. So what's what's the transition point between high school speaker on economics and and singing in, in cafes or whatever it may be? To right. becoming what you would call a professional speaker, getting into the whole corporate arena. Well, first of all, where did you learn what you learned, and why did you pick that particular niche as what you wanted to get into? In terms of speaking, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't. It was years before I chose it as a niche. Um, I, I did speaking in association with whatever work I was doing. So when I was in graduate school, I was at professional conferences speaking about research I had done. When uh, one of those actual speaking engagements led to an invitation for a job. So I left um, graduate school. I took the job. And at that job, which was directing research studies, I ended up getting a lot of speaking engagements in association with the research we were doing, one of which was going to the Senate. So you know that story, but for those who don't, long story short, the U.S. Senate saw the research we were doing, wanted a presentation on it. So we all went there, and I did the presentation, and it was at that Senate um, thing that I realized, oh, my gosh, this world is not what I thought it was. (laughs) And I quit my job and opened my first business to prove that we could make more money if we focused on impact than if we focused on money. That led to a lot of speaking just to build the business. So for the longest time, I was speaking as a marketing tool, Mm -hmm. as a way of getting known in the community, as a way of building my business. I did that for my first and second business. And in doing a speaking engagement to build my second business, I ended up getting a bunch of invitations all over the country because I was speaking in corporations to try and build this one business. So the more that I tried to build my business, the more the speaking world kind of grabbed me. But I didn't make a formal decision to make speaking my actual first priority, right, to make a business out of speaking until the late 80s. And by then... It was really time. I was ready. Um, The world was nowhere near ready for what I wanted to teach, and I was going to do it anyway. And that's where it went. And it's been awesome ever since. So I I say there's three types of speakers, in my opinion. One is the, the keynote speaker who's paid a fee to go in and deliver to a corporation or an association. The second is what I call a platform seller who is going to share their content with a back-end sales presentation to sell people into their back-end coaching or mastermind or whatever it may be. 
And then the third is the business person who's just using speaking as a marketing tool to build awareness of their core product or service. And you right. obviously in all three arenas, Wendy. Exactly. So if you had your druthers, which is most enjoyable for you? And, and if you had to pick one, what would it be? I love all of it. I do. I love all of it. I mean, whether it's a keynote or a multi-day training, I think my favorite is the multi-day trainings because then I get a chance to be with the same people and really dig deep into the kinds of things that they need. Um, and that's how we met, right? But uh, we met when I was at Author 101 and the requirement was you get on the stage, you make an impact and you sell. Uh, that was the first time in my entire career that I had ever been told to sell on a set on a stage. Historically, the, the corporations and the healthcare institutions and nonprofits, oh my gosh, the last thing they wanted is for you to sell on their stage. So that was an all new experience for me. Um, and it led me to develop an entirely new way of selling on stage. So it's been interesting, but at the end of the day, my favorite um, from my heart, it's the multi-day. And from in my adventures, it's got to be keynote because that sends me all over the world and I get to do all kinds of cool things. So of the three speaking models, we'll call them, how do you measure your success in a given presentation, whether it's a keynote or a platform selling or a marketing tool type presentation? How, how do you measure your success? You know, this from way back when, for me, it's about the thank you notes. Um, and you're a big fan of thank you notes. And, and Hal and I have loved all the thank you notes you send us. And you're on my wall a lot, actually. Um, whenever I speak, um, I always give my information, whatever. And when I get thank you notes, that tells me I did what I went there to do. For me, it's never been about money. It's always been about the impact. And what I discovered, of course, is the more you focus on impact, the more money you make. But I don't think about the money. So my measure of success is, are they with me while I'm speaking? Are they asking questions when that time comes up? You know, at my live events, I sit on a stool and they come during the breaks, right? Are they asking questions? Are they involved? Are they engaged? But the true measure is when the thank you notes come in and I have a whole office wall dedicated just to those thank you notes. That's so cool. So again, you've been at this for a long time and we won't get into you know we can stop saying long time because right. then that's sure. when they realize this isn't my real color you know and we have to we have to be yes this is my real color but anyway well if i grow a beard i'll do that too <laughs> so, yes long time long time all right so you're you're a pro at this so what do you feel your maybe two or three biggest keys to success over the course of your career have been Okay, um, the the first piece is wherever you're going to speak, whoever you're speaking to, you've got to figure out what is the problem they need you to solve. Um, and we hear about this all the time. What's the problem? What's the problem? But when we go out, not all of us focus on the problem. So the key there is to do your research before you go. Find out what are people getting that they don't want and what do they want that they're not getting. Mm -hmm. What they think is keeping them from getting what they want. And, and our job is to help them change, whether it's change how they're thinking or change what they're doing or both. At the end of the day, they're not going to change what they get if we don't help them change something about thinking and doing. 
So the first most critical key is find out the problem and solve it in a way that only you can. So when you discover your innovation, that's when it really goes. Okay, the second, you said three, right? The second um, is how-to information. Um, So you well know, my friend, that I have a major pet peeve when people get on stage and say they're going to tell you how to do something, but all they do is tell you what to do. They don't tell you how to do it. And so, you know, the audience can never match the success of the so-called guru because they don't have the secrets. They don't have the inside story. So give it to them, the real thing, what to really do. Don't be afraid people are going to steal your stuff because nobody can do what you do because you're you. And then move them to action so they will actually implement. At the end of the day, if we can get people to do what we taught, that's that's the impact, right? And then the third, which is my most favorite, is speak their language. Um, in that four-day event that I did, right? It's, it's about teaching different languages that when we understand there are six different ways that people communicate, and they're all different combinations, And as a speaker, we need to stand on that stage and figure out a way to speak to that entire audience so that every single person walks out thinking, God, that speaker was just talking to me. I mean, how how does she know that? She spoke exactly to me. And that's because you're shifting and moving and you understand the problem and you understand what they need and you're speaking their language. It's magic. Well, those are such great tips, Wendy, and I, I, I whole, wholly endorse your number one particularly because I think one of the weakest areas that most speakers are have is that they don't do their research ahead of time to figure out what those pain points are and how they can best rearrange or, or add to their curriculum to do, address those pain points. So many people come in with that canned presentation. That's what they're going to say regardless of who's in the crowd. And it gets stale after a while, and it's not really truly serving the needs of their audience. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on all three points. But we'll have a couple other questions I want to ask you, Wendy. But before we do, let's take a quick break. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Hi, and we're back on the Spotlight on Speaking show with my guest, Wendy Lipton-Dibner. And now, Wendy, I want to ask you to, let's just say, bear your soul a little bit and share maybe some mistakes you made along the way that you would highly advise aspiring speakers to not do. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. This is, this is an easy one. It was a Lollapalooza. Um, I never thought of speaking as a business in the beginning, right? Speaking was a tool to build other things um, or to have fun or whatever. So because of that, the more speaking engagements I got, I just kept doing speaking engagements. And I never, never 
hired anyone to help me. I know even an attorney. So I made up my own speaking agreements and I would give them to the people who were hiring me to speak and frankly paying me a lot to speak. And everything was going fine. And my calendar was full and it was awesome. Those were the days when we had paper calendars, right? And I would use a pink highlighter and I'd highlight all the days I'm on the road. And my happy place was the more pink I saw, the happier I was. So I was booked out for a year and I got an invitation to do what would be my first six-figure training speaking for a Fortune 50 company. And I was over the top and I was so excited. And I and they were gonna just like give me crazy money, like more money than I ever imagined I could ever make. And in the old days, I was I didn't care about the money. I was all about impact, right? Now all I could think about was the money. I mean, all I could think about was the money because it was so much money. And I thought, what could I do with all this money? What kind of an impact could I make? Because I could never not think about impact. And I thought, okay, as long as that money's coming in, let's plan ahead. I hired a whole huge, humongous team. I built four um, offices all over the country to make my life easier. I brought them in for a big training and a big welcome. And I gave them enormous salaries. I mean, it was just, I spent, spent, spent. And then I went on this national tour doing these free speaking engagements to help whoever I could help just because I could. And a week before the event, the big one at the Fortune 50 place, um, all of a sudden I start getting all these phone calls. And my team is calling me and saying, Wendy, so-and-so called to cancel. Wendy, so-and-so called to cancel. And then the Fortune 50 company called to cancel. Mm. And I called the decision maker and I said, okay, what's going on? Well, it turned out that we had just gone to war in the first Iraq war, right? And I never listened to the news or anything because, of course, I'm a motivational speaker. So why would I listen to anything that's happening in the world? That was one mistake. Um, But the other piece was I learned that in times of war, companies kick back on training because they don't know where the economy is going. Now, I didn't know that, but here's what else I didn't know. I didn't know that in a speaking engagement, you're supposed to have clauses about what happens if they cancel, like you're supposed to get a little money up front called a deposit and you're supposed to not have to return that deposit if something happens and and they're supposed to not touch your intellectual property and that all these things that I've learned since then. Long story short, by the time we canceled all these speaking engagements and my credit card bills came in from building all of these things, I didn't have the money to pay it. And so all of a sudden I went from top of the world to bankrupt in like 48 hours I had to fire all of my team, which was the hardest part. And then I had to figure out what to do. First thing I did was I went and got a job at JCPenney selling makeup. I mean, it is amazing how fast the powerful can fall. Wow. Big lesson. Yeah, hard life lesson there, wasn't it? So, (laughs) all right. You got another one, Wendy? You got another one to share? You You want another bad experience? Sure. Okay, let's see. People relate to the bad. Oh, God, of course. Um, Yeah. So I was invited to speak on an industry stage. By that, I mean the industry that um, is in the biz dev, right? That people come in and they either come for free or pay a fee to learn how to be as successful as the guru who is speaking. Right. And I was invited to speak on one of those stages. And um, as I listened, 
I started to realize that this person was teaching things, but not teaching them, as I, as I mentioned earlier, right? Here's what to do, but not how to do it. Um, and then I spoke. And then after I spoke, there was a cocktail party. So I went and I spoke to everybody I could. And they all started to tell me these stories about the hundreds of thousands of dollars that they had spent over the time trying to figure out how to build and become what it was they wanted to build and become. People were crying in my arms. I didn't even know these people. And they're going on and on and on telling me about how they had trusted all these people. And and anyway, I get back in the car because it was close enough to drive home. And Hal and I are driving home and I can't stop crying. All I can think about is, did I do this? Is this, it, Have I been that person? Have I been telling people what to do and not how to do it? Have I wasted people's lives and money? And oh my gosh, I went so far down the rabbit hole. Thank God my husband is a psychotherapist. And I got through it. But that's why I left what I was doing and started to build that four-day event we were talking about. Because at the end of the day, I it was awful. And it just threw me threw me into something that actually ultimately was great. But I walked away from corporate, I walked away from healthcare, I walked away from nonprofit, I walked away from the entire business of everything that had been my career for 25 years, and said, Okay, I'm going to devote myself for the next 10 years to helping people who lost all their money because people who said they would help them didn't help them. And I did that for 10 years. The end result is I didn't make a lot of jewelry anymore, but I did meet the most wonderful people on the planet. Well, there's such a powerful lesson there, and it's truly one of my pet peeves in the industry to go to an event and you hear a speaker who even wows the crowd very well, but when you get to really analyzing what they did, it was all dog and pony show entertainment and there wasn't any real content there. So they, they may sell well at that very moment, but they're also the people that you end up getting 40, 50, 60, 70% returns because people That's came down from that immediate high and then realized there wasn't any su- real substance there. So exactly. exactly, it's one of those things where, you know, you got to decide if you're a speaker, what are you going to be? Are you going to be a true content provider showing them how to do things? Or are you going to be the, the dog and pony show guy? So. Yeah. And, you know, it occurs to me while we're talking, because we're talking about the importance of telling people how, you know, those those people who are listening to your podcast, whose whose dream is to be an inspirational speaker or a um, or a motivational speaker, which is, of course, two different things. um, You still have to tell people how. Mm-hmm. how to get out of their own way so that they can open their hearts to the universe. You know, whatever it is that, that is your thing, your special take. Um, if, if you've learned things from other people and now you're trying to make it your own and reteach what they taught, give them credit for gosh sakes. Sure. Right. All, all those, those things that make it that you're teaching them how to do things just by being you. Like in my live events, I always say, do what I do. Don't just do what I say. And so that puts all the pressure on me to make sure that the model that I'm being for these people is what I hope that they will let themselves be. And it's, yes, it's a lot of pressure on you, but at the end of the day, you get to sleep comfortably at night. 
Well, this has been awesome, Wendy. So if somebody's wanting to get into Wendy's world, so to speak, where where would you send them to? And do you have anything that you'd like to share with them today? I love that question. Um, I'm actually in the middle of building the 11th business that you so well know about. Um, So most of my time goes there. So what I am going to do is invite any of you who would like some training, go to my website and get the free training. I am not putting out emails right now. I am not soliciting anything. I'm not selling anything. There may be some things being sold in those videos, but even they're not active right now. But all that free training is at professionalimpact.com, professionalimpact.com. And then you'll find the link that says free training, and that will lead you to hours and hours and you can pick and choose whether it's about speaking whether it's about making a greater impact in the world whether it's about business strategy it's it's all right there help yourself enjoy there is a a list grab on the website you're welcome to leave your name and email although you won't hear from me for quite some time but but that's just my choice to be doing what i'm doing and hoping to make an even greater impact in the coming Months. I so appreciate you sharing your expertise, Wendy. And let me ask you this. Any, any final words of wisdom for people that wish to get into the speaking business? Yes, do it. <laughs> you know, it. the The thing that I learned the hard way when my mom died, um, she was only 59. It was horrible. It was horrible. And one of the things that happened right before she died, I looked at her and I said, oh, my gosh, I don't I don't want to live in a world that you're not in. And she got mad and she said, don't you dare say that I need you to live because you have to make your impact for me, too. What I discovered from that is that life is simply far too short to settle for less than we really want. So every single day. Put on your speaker shoes, get out there, focus on impact, not on the money, and make an impact on every life you touch by moving people to action so they'll do what you say, and then celebrate your impact. Well, that is so awesome. And so I thank you so much, Wendy Lipton-Divner, for being my guest on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show. If you haven't had a chance yet, go to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com. And register there with whatever service is appropriate for you to be notified of upcoming episodes. And if you haven't been to brettridgeway.com, hop on over there and pick up my lead magnet called Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. But this has been another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And make it a great day, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking show with Brett Ridgeway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, Our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.